Well, get your um, Bible open, notes open. Let's get to it today. We're in the book of um, Genesis chapter four, verse one. I want to um, close out a series today uh, that uh, is, has been a really helpful series to me. And I want to summarize for you uh, the four things that uh, we said this month were important for you to adjust. The theme is called Rerouting Your Financial River. Say that with me, please. Come on. Rerouting Your Financial River. Today, we're going to focus on <clears throat> getting comfortable talking about money. And that's my goal, to create an environment where you can be really comfortable and you can have a really fair and a real sensible conversation about finances. There's something about getting to that place where you can sit down in your family and sit down in your home and just talk about where you are financially and nail down um, the things that are wrong, the things that need to be fixed, the things that need to be done right. It's amazing how everything can change if you do that. And I, I just feel so, so much that th this would change everything for you. It's changed a lot for me. Comfort with money. Just no bondage, no shame. Here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. It's amazing what it does. And we'll talk about that today. Let me re recap the three things I said before today, just to remind you what we talked about. I said there were four adjustments that will help re reroute your financial river. You want to fix your finances. Here are the three things you, four, three things you want to do. Number one, adjust what you believe. Say that with me, please. Come on. Your belief system affects everything. If you believe that you can't do something, you can't. If you believe that you are only worth a hug and a kiss, and that's what you should pursue all your life, that's what you'll work for. If you adjust what you believe, you change everything. If you believe that you can have money, you'll have money. If you, if you do what it takes to have it. If you believe you're worth it. If you present yourself as a person that's not worth much, then people pay you according to what you present yourself. If you say, I'm not going to accept this, then you can change anything. But the biggest problem I think we have is our belief system. And, and I'm always amazed at how I think. I'm amazed at how my environment shaped my thinking. And I just accepted things. I thought this is the way it had to be. But if you adjust what you believe, you can change your circumstance. You can change everything. It's all about believing. Number two, adjust what you sow. Say that with me, please. Come on. Another way to say that is just what you plant, what you invest in. If you want to change your financial situation, you've got to invest differently. You can't keep investing in Visa. You can't keep adjusting in things that charge you interest. You have to adjust in things. You have, to, you have to sow into things or plant into things that give you interest. You can't keep doing the same things and have a better result. Number three, <clears throat> you have to adjust your faith under pressure. Your faith under pressure is something that comes without you trying to make it come. Last week, I talked about Abraham's pressure dealing with Lot, his, his nephew. And it was expensive. It had to go rescue him, cost him money, time. You know, 318 soldiers had to go and save him. I mean, it's, it's, sometimes family and life can be expensive. But how you manage the pressure is crucial. I have a lot of financial pressures all the time. I mean, I, I have uh, responsibilities. We want a lot of land and property and stuff. So... You know, there's upkeep, there's, there's a list of things that have to be repaired, there's a whole lot of things all the time. That's, that's not something I can run from. 
but I have to learn how to manage the pressure. The fourth thing we'll talk about today is adjust your comfort level with money. Can you have a money discussion? Well, God does. And there are three conversations we're going to look at today. And in each of these conversations, there's an element of insight that I think will help you. The first conversation we're going to look at is a conversation with Adam and Eve's family. Now, Cain and Abel are going to be the focus of this conversation, and our goal is to look at what, what he said to them. What was the conversation about? And <clears throat> what you're going to notice is he specifically tells them what to give him. And we'll come back to that in a minute. Secondly, the second conversation is between Moses and the Levites. Moses and, uh, was an interesting guy, and he understood, leading three million people, he understood a number of things were very important. And, and so there's a conversation that God has with him about money. And it's around the subject of tithing, and I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. But there's a powerful conversation. And then lastly, there's a conversation with Moses and Malachi. I'm sorry, Israel and Malachi. Now, <clears throat> Malachi is a prophet, and Malachi comes to Israel, and he prophesies to them about money. He has a conversation with them. And he challenges them because they've lost their way. They've begun to slip and into habits that he felt were bad. So we'll talk about those three conversations real briefly. And then uh, we'll have a time of Q&A, a little time of questions, so you get a chance to come back at me and ask me a few things. But let me, if I can, start by, I want to pray for you, because I think for some of you this is a real life beginning journey. So let's pray. Father, I pray that what we talk about today really helps, helps us see. For some, this conversation is uncomfortable. They've never been able to talk about it. It is a, it is a constant issue for them, but they've never been able to dialogue about it. I pray that the Holy Spirit would bring healing and blessing and vision to this conversation. That open, they would open their hearts today and say, I, I really need to make, make a change. I need to be more and more, more comfortable, Lord, with this, this whole issue. Whether there's been strife in their family and frustration in their private life, I pray for healing today. That this would lead them to a better place in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God developed in Israel a strong culture of talking about offerings and giving. It was a part of the conversation he had with them. Way back to Adam and Eve, you'll see in just a moment. He, he talked to them about how much to give, who to give to, how often they should give, and more. They were told when to worship, how to worship, and how not to worship. The Bible is real clear about what you do and don't do. And, and it's, it's really interesting. And in chapter 4, verse 1, Notice the conversation God has with Adam and Eve's children about this issue. Now, Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, verse 1 says. And I, and this is what she said when she had a son, I've acquired a man from the Lord. She's really excited. Then she bore again, <clears throat> this time his brother Abel. Cain was the older brother. It's important to see that. He's the firstborn. You know, there's something really exciting about that first kid. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep. What did Abel keep? Cain was a tiller of the what? Ground, right? So one guy grows fruit, one guy keeps animals, keeps sheep. And verse 3 says, In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the first fruit of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected, he liked Abel's offering, but he did not respect or did not like Cain and his offering. He did not like the offering that Cain brought. He liked Cain, but not his offering. I'm going to get that right. I said it wrong. But he did not respect his offering. He loved him, but not his offering. So <clears throat> two guys bring an offering. One guy brings 
what he grows. And, and a reasonable thought would be, well, you know, like I grow apples, you know, I grow fruit. So, you know, here, God, I'm going to bring you what I grow. And his brother, Abel, brings what obviously he was told to bring, which was a sheep. And this is all a picture of, of forgiveness, sacrifice. The whole thing is even in the Old Testament, even in Genesis, there is a picture of how forgiveness happened. There has to be a sacrifice for sin. And so that God knows this. And so God's told them obviously how to do it. Cain decided not to. Now, here's what I want you to notice. He's real specific about what to give. Cain says no, and God says no back. If you ever have children, um, you notice that you have to tell them what to give you for your birthday. If you don't tell them, it's no telling what you might get. I mean, really, I mean, to be honest, and Kids never want their parents to decide what to give them, right? You want to tell your parents, this is what I want for my birthday, because they'll get you something boring like a book. I don't want a book. I want an iPad, not a book, an iMac, okay, or a car. That's what I want, not a book. And so there's something <clears throat> powerful here because God's told them what he wants, a blood sacrifice. But Abel said yes, Cain said no. Is that you? Are you kind of dictating to God what he should receive from you? You determine it. It has nothing to do with anything he requests. That's a powerful position. Now I want you to watch what happens. Cain's angry, right? They're in this conversation. It said... Um, in verse 4, I'm sorry, verse, um, verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 5. Uh, it said, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. This is Genesis chapter 4. Cain's angry now, okay? God says, Cain, I don't want you to give me that, and he's angry. The question is, why? Aren't you offering me something? Isn't this about me, not you? And so why, 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 why must you force your, your will on me? Why must, you, why must I accept what you say? Verse 6, so the Lord said to Cain, God strikes up a conversation. Let's talk about it. Don't be mad. Let's talk about it. Uh, why are you angry? Why are you angry? I told you what to do. You didn't do it. So why are you angry? Here's the statement. And why is your countenance fallen? What's with the face? Verse 7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? Just as a sidebar, this is amazing because this is the first time. It's not the first time it happened in Scripture. I'm sure Adam and Eve felt bad when they got put out of the garden and all that too. But this is the first time in the Bible it's described like this. Look at your face. Look at your attitude. Why are you angry? You know, if I can continue that a little bit, what did I do? Is this about me or about you? A choice you made. I made it really clear what I wanted, but you said no. So watch what happens. If you do well, verse 7 says, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, maybe sin's the problem. Lying at the door. This, is how, this verse is interpreted two ways oftentimes. 
Some view it as, 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 um, as um, the Lord saying there's sin in his heart and it's lying at the door of his heart. And, it's, and sin is desirous for you. But you, you should take charge over it. You should rule over it. You shouldn't let it take control. That's one way of looking at that verse. Another way is some believe the word sin is really sin offering. The Lord had a lamb in the bush saying, hey, look, right there, there's a sin offering. You make this right. And you can go get that lamb and rule over it, and it won't run from you. All you got to do is go get the lamb and do it the right way. However you look at the verse, the bottom line, it was the second chance. What's amazing is in verse 8, Cain talked with Abel. He does not answer God at all. He goes mute. You ever, you ever ask your kids something and they just go quiet? And you go, pardon? You with me? Tracking with me? Hello? Hello? You know, there's that moment where you're sitting there thinking, um, I just asked you a question. There is no recorded answer to God's question in Scripture. Nothing. No answer, nothing. Just silence. So the next verse says what he does is he talks to his brother Abel. And this is just one of the most tragic things in, in the Bible. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he slew him. He killed him. Okay. So what did, what did Abel do to you? Misapplied anger. A lot of that in the world. You're mad at all men. They're all, what are they? Dogs, right? right? All guys did this to you. All, all men are evil. All women are dogs, right? All women are bad, tricky, up to something. All girls did it to you, everybody? Your mom did it, so you blame all women. Your dad did it, so you blame all guys. I mean, come on, people, misapplied anger. This is a case of misapplied anger. All pastors did not do that to you. I didn't. So please be clear. Everybody's not to blame. But in this case, notice this conversation. And notice with me, this guy refuses to talk. He just says no. I give you what I want to give you. Take it or leave it, God. That's it. This is what I offer to you. I want you to, I want you to pause for a minute and say, is that what I've been saying all my life? You get this much time? You ought to be glad I went to church today. But when you are in your dire straits, you want him to give you money, health, time, and then have the nerve to get angry if you don't get what you want. Amazing. 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 That's why we should talk. The next conversation is a conversation between Moses and the Levites. Now, this is important because in Numbers chapter 18, there's a conversation that is rooted in one concern. God says, you know, I really, I really want to make sure that there's a system in place that will make sure ministry is taken care of, that we reach people. Because what happens in life is you get so caught up in building your business and your life and buying a house and doing stuff, you'll forget about the work of God. So God told Israel, he says, listen, <clears throat> when you get to the promised land, out of the 12 tribes, I want one tribe. How many tribes did I say? One tribe to focus on the spiritual side of the church, of the world. And that's the tribe of Levi. 
I want to separate them out and I want them to do all the worship. I want them to do all the counseling. I want them to do all the praying. I want them to, when you bring your sacrifices to the temple, they are the ones who are responsible for it. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to make all of you Levites. You ready? Raise your right hand. Say, I am a Levite. That's of the tribe of Levi. So to pretend all of you were Levites. So he was talking about you. So here's what he says. When we go to the promised land, okay, you get nothing. You get nothing. You have no inheritance in the land. You don't get one, one house. You don't get one cabin. You don't get, one, you don't get anything. You don't get, one, you don't get to do it. You, you basically are responsible for the spiritual well-being of the, of the people. And so your full-time job is to take care of the people. But what I'm going to do is create a system that will protect you. And it will take care of you. I want you to see how God structured things. He set Moses down. They set the Levites down and had this conversation. Now, I could spend, and I was going to spend a lot of time on this, but I decided to just read you a few verses. If you look at uh, the book of uh, Numbers, chapter 18, verse 21, here's what it says. Behold, I've given the children of Levi all the what? Tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Hereafter, the children of Israel sh shall not come near the tabernacle of meeting, but least they bear sin and die. In other words, the rest of the tribes could not offer sacrifices. The rest of them could not, could not be the spiritual leaders. That was the job of the, the, the priest. And they, were, they came from the tribe of Levi. He made it really plain. If you do it, you'll die. That's not what you do. Because when, remember, when they sinned back then, they brought an animal to offer up as a sacrifice. Put their right hand on the animal to identify their sin with the animal, and then they slayed the animal. And that was, that was a sin. And the priests were there to help them do that, to explain to them why and gave them answers. It was a powerful, powerful illustration of how powerful sin was. And so that's we wanted to do it. Everybody couldn't do it. Verse 23, with the Levites shall perform the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Verse 23 says, and they shall bear the, their iniquity. They, their job was to bear the iniquity of the people. Counsel them, talk to them, show them how it shall be a statute. How long? Forever. Throughout your generations. That among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. We don't have to do this anymore because of Christ, but I want you to see that he said, you guys have no inheritance for the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heave offering to the Lord. I've given to the Levites as an inheritance. Therefore, I've said to them among the children of Israel, he says it again, they, they should have no what? Inheritance. So I want you to understand you guys can't own a business. You guys are not supposed to go out. and That's not your main gig. Your main job is to make sure you help with the spiritual development of Israel. That's your job. That's your focus. Levites were, were very, very special people. But what's interesting is the reason God put the system in place was because he, he knew. But there were some things about this that I think we forget. For example, they didn't have any debt back then. God created a system because he said, listen, I got three million people and I've got to make sure they spiritually don't get lost and get caught up in business and establishing their land and all that and forget their spiritual life. So this tribe's job is to remind them. So I want to make them full time. And what I'm going to do is use tithing to, to fund that. And here's, here's what tithe means. The word tithe means tenth. Everybody say tenth. Now don't say I'm giving my tithes. This is a tithe. Everybody say tithe. 
The word tithe means tenth. So God says, guys, here's what you're going to do. Everybody gives a tenth. Everybody puts into the pot. And what that's going to do, feed the hungry, help the poor, establish the church. And then he says, all the, all the temple stuff, they built cash. There was no borrowing. There was no banks. There was no way to borrow it. So they, they basically built cash. So Moses got up and said, okay, guys, we're going to build a temple. We're going to build a church. And what we're going to do is I need, every, I need this much wood. I need this, and he got these guys who were professionals, and they built it. And they brought so much that they had to stop them. But to maintain it, he said, I want to create a system of tithes and offerings. And, and it was the first thing they gave. It was including God in their resources. Now, what's really interesting is that God also, I think, established this principle because he wanted to tell us where to start. Remember I said earlier, you know, you, don't, you, know, you can give what you want, but I want to show you a principle that gives you a starting point. Because normally you just don't start the right place. You know, God's the last person on your mind. He's just the last person. So he says, let me give you a starting point. Now, again, what's, what's problematic, though, is in, there was no debt. That was a good thing. For us, the problem is a lot of churches are a bunch of debt. God never intended for that to be the case because that creates an atmosphere. How many would agree that debt creates an atmosphere? It does. It creates this, you know, need to beg and manipulate. And, you know, a lot of people would have never married certain people if they had money. There's some women who would have never married Hickabob if she had some money. Hickabob wouldn't have got past front, front door. There are a lot of women. Hickabob, y'all know who that is? Okay, good. Anyway, but, um, or Cool Breeze. How about, y'all know Cool Breeze? Uh-huh. You, you would have never married him. But money played a role in it. God wanted a system in place where you did not have to manipulate anybody. It was just, you just had a conversation. He said, let me just talk to you about how I want to do this. I have, to, I have to take care of three million people. Let me tell you how I'm going to do that. And so he put this system in place. And, and, and Malachi, which we're going to read next, they stopped. They stopped and things got out of whack. And that, my friend, is phenomenal. That was, that was the problem. Now, the question is, what have we done today that have made this whole tithing thing such an amazing issue. Well, the first thing we've done is created too much debt. Our church spends 12% of its income on mortgage debt. Come on, amen. Come on, clap your hands, 12%. That's it. Now, you got to be a little happier than that. Come on, amen. That's a big deal, right? Don't you wish, don't you, wish you spent 12% of your money on your own mortgage? Or your rent? Wouldn't that be nice? Praise the Lord. So what I'm saying is, the problem with a lot of ministries is they, 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 they acquire too much debt. We bought a lot of land a few years ago, which is smart, so we're not landlocked by any means. And so we can, we're going to add on, and I'll tell you about that. There's a campaign coming. In May, I'm going to have a meeting, show you the money. Like Susie Orman says, show me the money. I'm going to show you the money. And lay it all out for you, let you see it, see what we're doing. Been working on some things, and I'm excited about the future. But I'm telling you, one of the problems is God knew that there would be a financial need long-term to fund ministry. So he created the tithing system to, to help us have a starting place and to provide resources. But the way that it's presented by a lot of people has turned off a lot of people. So what I want to do is I want to do something fun right now, okay? I want, I want to ask a question. Uh, I know a lot of you have been in churches, and you've seen them raise money, raise offerings. And um, God's system was designed to provide resources. But how many of you have been in places and they've raised money and you were, you were bothered by the way they did it. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Let me see. Let me see. Okay. All right. Get the mics, guys. I, I, I want to do this. What I want to do is I want to ask you uh, to tell me your experience. 
I want to hear how it was done. And I need you to be brief, though. Don't, don't go too long now. Just give me a little summary, okay? Uh, maybe a couple of sentences. This, I, this is what happened. And when they did this, I was, I was bothered by it, okay? And so our guys are almost ready. They're like ninjas. I know they're going to they're gonna be ready for me. So I want you to do this. Now, here's what's going to happen. You're going to raise your hand, and uh, you just, just tell me, just hold the mic like this, and say, here's what happened. And I want to know what bothered you, okay? The way they raised the money, uh, the way they taught. So raise your hand. Who's first? Who's going who's to raise your hand? Got a front row brother right here. He's on the front row. He said, I want to be first. I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I was in church, and they did what? There you go. How'd they, how'd they raise the money? Your mic is on by faith. Yes, no, it ain't on yet. No worry. T1, guys. You there? There you go. Okay. Rolling. All right, testing. Um, mine was more, my experience was more or less, it was kind of like a matching thing. It's almost like, well, I got $100. Who's going to match me for that? And then it kind of seemed like it, it came off as more or less where if you didn't have it or you weren't able to do it at the time, it came off more like you were trying to hustle people to get it out of it, to get it out of you. I need $100. Come on. Who yes. got $100? Who got that kind of thing. That kind of thing. Okay, good. Somebody else. He's coming for your mic. Right back here in the back. Who else? Raise your hand. Where we at? Who got the mic? All right. Tell me your experience. It's going way over there. Where is it going? Where is it going? All right. There you go. Okay. Um, it was a separation. It was if you people that could give $300, get in this line, stand up and get in this line over here. If you could give $20, you get in this line over here. And then they had everybody look at each other. So it wasn't where if you only had, if you had less than that, there was no opportunity to give what you had to give. It was $300, and then if you were less, 20 or, you know, stand in this line. So you had to look at each other? Yes. They, everybody was separated. So, so when you say look at each other, you mean the $20 people look at the $300 people <laughs> and the $300 people so, look at the 20 Right. It was yeah. about the same. So everyone that could give 200 yes. stand in a line right. on this side. Okay. 20. 20 stand in a line on this side. You sure don't want to be in the $5 line. No $5 <laughs> line. I got you. Okay. Somebody else. Where you at? Raise your hand. Up here. Okay. Just raise your hand when they got the mic. Whoever gives it to them. All right. There you go. Tell me your story. Yes. Uh, my wife uh, had a nonprofit, and she collected coats and jackets to give to the... I don't know if your mic is on or not. It, I, I want to make sure we're hearing. Swap out mics. I don't know which one that is, guys. What, what is that now? T? T2? T2, guys. You ready for me? T2, try it again. Try it again. Let's see if we get that one for you. Test it. All right. That's all. See, you're anointed. That's what that is. See? You got too much power. Go for it. That one ain't working either. What's wrong? They don't want, they don't want to hear your voice. All right, hold on. T1, is that what that is? By faith. Cut all the mics on. How about that? All mics on. Try that one again. Try it again. Testing. There you go, man. Come on. All right. My, my wife had a nonprofit, and she collected uh, jackets and coats to give to the church to distribute to the poor in the community. Uh, and they did that, but they did not distribute all of them. They kept some of them and started selling the jackets to raise money for the church, right. along with the... Barbecue and a, okay. a. We're gonna take him off camera so nobody can see him. Keep the camera on me, y'all. Keep the keep the cameras on the pastor. All right, right here, right here. That's amazing, man. That's amazing, man. Wow, wow. Where we at over here? Yes. Tell me your story. And so everyone would go around, put their offering in the basket. The deacons would stand up there, count it, and then they would say, "We need." X amount of dollars, who's going to give it? 
If they need $100, it would say, we need $100 more. Who's going to give it? Now, I'm, there's a deacon in here that did that. Or who did that as a in church? Raise your hand. Confess it. You, look, you, you, did it, you did that in church? You counted money in the front? Did you? Rodney, Rodney, did you ever do that? Come up here, Rodney. Come up here right now. Rodney, come up here. Rodney, Rodney, come on up here. Rodney, come on up here. Come on, we're going to have a deacon confess. Come on up here, deacon. Give Rodney the mic. Give Rodney the mic. Rodney, and you know what? I know you say I ain't right. You know I ain't right. I, I ain't right. I'm wrong, right? Here's a, but the only, hold the mic so you're on, you're on the spot. Yeah. The deacon will count the money. You count the money in front, right? Just to see how much you took in. Yes. That was all you were trying to do. That's all I was instructed to do. That's all you instructed to do. Case closed right there. Let him go. Get the man a big hand. Come on, people. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Hey, look, I owe you dinner, okay? I'm still going to take you and your wife out for dinner because I, I did you like that. We ain't going to no place expensive, though. All right? But I am going to take you out. That was fun. All right. Uh, yeah, but that's interesting. Where, where we at? Yeah. What would you say? Uh, I was in a church where you were given an assessment of a certain amount, it may be a hundred or five hundred. You gave an assessment, would you look at them and say, mm, five hundred dollars, like that? <laughs> you just, how, did, how did you get your assessment? How did that work? Well, they would, your elders would tell you what you were assessed, and okay. if whatever you gave, write that down, Bill. Be it small <laughs> or, or large, they would publish your name in the church program of what you gave. They publish your name. I bet you that motivate people. Put your name in there. $2, Ricky Temple. That'll speak to you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, somebody else. I want to hear how. Your two story. Yes. Right here. Right here. Okay. And then right here. I see some people in this aisle. Y'all get ready for this aisle. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. I wasn't a member of this church, but it's a certain season that they have a haunted house to raise money. I bet that scared people into giving, huh? Haunted house. Yeah. I've seen that too. Okay, where we at? Right here? Okay, pass those mics down. I'm fascinated. These are great stories. I'm enjoying this. I'm going to make a point here. Okay. I was in a church where they, where they posted your name and the amount that you paid on a, on a, on a, on on a back card. They would put your name and the amount that you paid. About you paid? Yeah. yeah, Diane's church used to do that, right? <laughs> Didn't they? They used to read... Not, no, I'm not going to say anymore, Diane, but the, you told me this, so I don't know why you hide in your face now. She told me. I'm just, okay, I'm sorry. I got to take her to lunch on too right now. I'm, I'm, making, I'm making a list. I'm going to everybody about lunch in a minute. All right, where we at? Where we at? Yes. Uh, this was a three-day revival that I went to, and it was just like everyone else. They would tell, uh, give $300 or $200, but on the last night, the pastor said, somebody here, a couple of people here need to give empty out their bank account and because nobody stood up she got angry really i have never heard that before she never got angry. Heard that. Mm -hmm. write that down too lord jesus lord have mercy i'm just taking notes you told beverly told the story in the last service take the mic to bed for a second okay but where's who got a mic over here Take it to Bev. Bev, why don't you tell your story again? Uh, come over here, Bev. They, they, just take it. This is amazing. Because it's similar to what you said. I, 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 never, I never heard either one of these before. I, I've been around a lot, but this is special. Yeah, what you, would you say? They told you? Remember, this is before debit cards. They said, God said, 
empty your pockets and your pocketbook on the table, everything you have. Everything you have. All right. Pocketbook's up. <laughs> All right. Where we at? Yes. Where we at? Yes. Where you have to give all your your tax your return, your tax income return. You have all to your income all, all your income tax return. Return yes. How many of y'all got a tax return coming? Let me see. <laughs> really, really, all your income tax return. You know this is new. I mean these three are new for me. I've not heard these before. Wow. Okay, is that it? We're done. Okay. Well, we got one more here, and we're done after that. Okay. This is it. Last one. Yes. Piggy piggy bank on what she said. Uh, they give you a, a paper stating how much money you put in for that year so you can put it on your taxes. They, they give you a statement. Well, how that's much a money good... you put in at the end of the year, uh -huh. they'll give you a statement telling you how much money you put in so if you want to use it for your tax purpose. Now, that's a good thing, though. That's a good thing, though. We like that because I'm, I'm going to send you all that now so you all can see. But I also think it helps people see what they didn't give. Um, but thank you. But anyway, so here's the bottom line. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to flip it for a second. You ready? Have you ever tried to raise money for your family? A sick family member? Or a needy family member? And if you go, let's pretend we're talking about your family. You had to go to your family. If you just told them to give whatever came to their mind, how much would you get? Less than $100. You said, right? See, most, now some of you say, now some families are different. They would, they would give. But normally if you go to your siblings, you have to say, okay, look, I need everybody. We're trying to get to $500. Okay, to get grandmama, okay, this new thing she needs for a house. So I need everybody to give me $100. And you go around to those that you know have good jobs and say, nah, I know you're not going to bring no $10 up in here, right? <laughs> you ever had a potluck and, and, and you had all the family members coming over and you have to tell them what to bring, don't you? Yes. If you don't tell them what to bring, what's going to happen? They're not going to bring anything. They're not going to bring anything. I mean, you have to tell them. And, and, they, and they hope you don't ask, for them, ask them to bring the most. All you, somebody, I do a lot of funerals. I do a lot of funerals, right, Beth? This is true. And, and when people die, they cry. Oh, they cry, they fall out until you say there's no insurance money. If you say there's no insurance money and the average funeral, uh, is it 10,000 now? Seven? Eight, ten, up in there? Uh-huh. Now, uh, you try to raise that from your family and see what happens. Because every time somebody was dying in my family for a while, they was calling me. I said, oh, Lord, they all need to start living, Jesus. I mean, everybody's <laughs> calling me. When somebody dies, you feel sad and worried. You know, <laughs> you know the offering play coming when they die. You know what I'm saying? And so here's, this, let me just be honest. This is why I only use that to make a point. I'm just flipping the switch. This is why they ask you for those lines. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just making a point. Because they know if they don't say anything, they won't. Now, I'm going to give a story. I'm going to tell a story. And this is, this is, this is, this is, not, this is just a, something for you to think about. Okay? This is my testimony. And I'm need my chair again, Bill. Here's the story. Um, I have, uh, I, we, we've had guests, right? Cost a lot of money to bring guests in. And I'm, I'm going to mention a guest, not because, we just had her again the other day, Mary Mary. I love Mary Mary. You know, I just love, what's her name, Campbell? Erica, Erica Campbell. We had Erica. Erica's amazing. She sang the house down for ladies only. Amazing. Okay? But, but the last time we had them, we had she and her sister here several years ago. And they sang that song, uh, Shackles Off My Feet So I Can Dance, right? Oh, and boy, I had 2,500 people at Civic Center, and mainly our members. How many people did I have at the Civic Center? So our church is 3,200 members. We have a large church. We all come in pieces. 2,500. How many did I say were there? 
No, say it slow. 2,500. Say it again. Come on. People. Say that. People. Every chair. All up in the balcony. Full. Civic Center. Okay. Now, they sang that song, and I raised the offering to pay for the night. And when we finished, I had the shackles on me. <laughs> and I could not dance. Let me tell you right now. I couldn't dance. Man, they, they, you know, they, man, it's about $2 a person. I said, you got to be kidding me. I did not raise $3,000 in here with these 2,500 people. There's no way that I raised $2,500. I need to go call them all back in here. Go get them all back in here. It's impossible. I'm going to show you an illustration. You ready? I'm, I'm going to borrow something. This yours. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm going to borrow this. Okay? I'm going to borrow it. Okay? That's anointed. The pastor tore it off your notes. <laughs> I went to a big conference, right? And I was sitting there in this big conference on stage. It was about, oh, 10,000 people. Eight to 10,000. Big crowd. And I was in there, and they, and they brought the pastor the report of the finances on a little piece of paper like this. And I was sitting right next to him on the stage. And they brought him the financial report. And he was sitting there, and I remember he went, he went down. <laughs> he went back up and he went back down. And he did this for a few minutes. Everybody thought the norm was on him. I knew that money was on him. I knew he was shackled. <laughs> Can I just have a conversation? The third point on your notes, the third thing on your notes, it was a conversation with Malachi. And in this conversation, chapter 3, verse 8 through about verse 10, he said, this whole nation has robbed me in tithes and offerings. And you say, in what way have we robbed you? He said, you robbed me in tithes and offerings. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. When you're trying to do the work of God and you, you, you go out here and you do all this and you hire people and you bring all this stuff in and you know what I'm saying? You're trying to minister to folks and you're trying to, you know, provide. Oh, this is not free. And then you're responsible by yourself. You know, you just hit and heave by yourself. And what you have to do is have a conversation. Some of you understand this with your families. You get this with your families. You've seen it. Normally, if somebody is sick, there's one person who does all the work in a family of 15. Maybe two, but there's generally one person you call right now in your family. If you got jacked up and sick, you know who that person is you're going to live with. Some of you say, I don't know who that is, but a lot of you know who's more likely to take you in. And I think that's, that's really tragic. And so that's why these conversations are important. God had conversations with Israel because he wanted them as a nation to not be in bondage. He didn't want them to be in debt. He didn't want them to be beholden be to everybody. And let me tell you, your family can change. Your family dynamics can change if, if you're willing to have a conversation. You've got to back, back up a moment, and you've got to say to yourself, man, we can't live this way. God established a system to free us. He established a system to empower us. He said, see, try me now and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and, and, and pour you out a blessing. Malachi chapter 3, you see right there in your notes under number 3. There's this clear promise in Scripture that God wants to prosper you, bless you. 
But I'm telling you, the key is, can he have a conversation with you? Is he going to be involved in your resources? For a lot of people, God's never been involved. For a lot of people, God has never been connected. Never been connected to your resources. Today, I want to pray a prayer that we really connect Jesus to your life and your finances and your future. Can you join me in a word of prayer, please? Father, I thank you for what we've said today. I thank you for this opportunity to share these three conversations. Malachi's conversation was a conversation about focus. He said the nation forgotten God and they'd robbed God and everything they made was for them. The conversation with the Levites was to say, guys, you're responsible and I promise to take care of you. Your service to the kingdom will not be in vain. Can I, can I just say something in the middle of that prayer? I want to just, if you look your head up, let me, just, let me just say something to you. I thank you for caring about me as a Levite. I do, I thank you. I, I, I want to say every time, man, every time they do something for me, for my birthday, you know, in April, and then I think once a year in December, they do something to say thank you for being the pastor for 33 years. I mean, thank you, be 34 years, amazing. Thank you. I, I want to say to you that God's, God's way is, such a, is, such, is, is a much better way. As we go down the road and we, we build some stuff, and I believe that we're not going back to the bank. We're going to pay cash. Come on, say amen. amen. Come on. No, you got to clap your hand. Come on, amen. We're going to pay cash. We are. We're not going back to the bank. Now, I say that because I just don't think it's smart long term. Not for us. We're going to build it within a, a certain budget that I'll tell you about in May. That's really smart. And, and we're going to do it in small pieces. Success comes in what? Pieces. Come on, success comes in what? Pieces. You work the pieces, and I'll tell you an exciting plan we have. But, but part of it is we did a lot. We bought some land. We did great. But the Levite system of tithing and offering is God's system. So, Lord, I pray your church would, would, would pray about their part, that they begin to say, God, have I lost my way, have I excluded you, and may there arise a spirit of tithing in this church. Some will take on the 90-day tithing challenge that we offer every year and say, for 90 days, honor God in your giving. In 90 days, honor God. Try me now, the Bible says in, in Malachi 3, and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You will not have enough room to receive. Lord, I declare upon your people today blessings. So lift your hand, would you please? I want to pray, pray for you. Father, bless them today. Into these hands, pour resources. Into these hands, business opportunities. Into these hands, vision. Into these hands, I pray, God, that your hand would be strong upon them, that you'd prosper them, anoint them, and that, God, you'd give them vision at every age that they never feel that because of their age they can't prosper. They're wiser than they've ever been. They can prosper at any age. And I speak that in their lives. I pray you reignite entrepreneurship. But I pray more than anything you ignite faith and that they'd never be offended by a money conversation. And they'd also find people that they can talk to about resources. They can talk about these things openly, and I pray your healing and your grace. And I give you all the honor and all the praise. In the name of Jesus, and everybody say, amen. amen. Did you learn something today? Come on, did you learn something today? I hope you did. Praise God.